Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, February 21st episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Since the end of 2018, we have highlighted more than 100 poets from eight countries on five continents, and we would like to continue to do so with your support. You can do that by going to poetsandmuses.com forward slash donate and donate either via PayPal or with your preferred credit card. Today, we will be featuring my conversation with Suchita, with whom I discuss her poem, Our Origin Story, and my poem, Reflections on a Recently Departed Past. Before we turn to that, however, I am going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of February 22nd. On Monday, February 22nd, from 8.15 p.m. Amsterdam time, Labyrinth will be hosting their weekly open mic, and you can find out more information at labyrinthamsterdam.nl forward slash pound sign events. Again, that's labyrinthamsterdam.nl forward slash pound sign events. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Arizona time, the Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting their right here, right now, Anaphora Anaphora with Shelley Wong. You can find out more information and register by going to piper.asu.edu forward slash events. Again, that's piper.asu.edu events. From 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, City of Asylum will be hosting Paisley Rechdahl and Matthew Salesis live reading and conversation. You can find out more information at cityofasylum.org. Again, that's at cityofasylum.org. From 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground We Play Clean open mic via Instagram Live at poets underscore playground underscore. Again, that's at poets underscore playground underscore. From 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Los Angeles Poets Society will be hosting its The Loop Writing Workshop with Carol Scott. You can find out more information on Instagram at carol underscore Scott. That's K-A-R-O-O underscore S-K-A-A. Again, that's at K-A-R-O-O underscore S-K-A-A. On Tuesday, February 23rd, from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Urban Word NYC will be hosting their first draft open mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. It's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Royal Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Writers' Center will be hosting their curated conversations with Anthony Cody and Keith S. Wilson. 
You can find out more information at writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. Again, that's writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. From 6 to 8 p.m. Arizona time, the Virginia G. Piper Writing Center will be hosting their monthly Veterans Writing Circle with Marco Pina. You can find out more information at piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. Again, that's piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. From 8 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Alexa Lash and Kiana Major will be hosting their weekly Creatively Undistanced Open Mic. You can find out more information at Major Muse on Instagram. Again, that's at Major Muse with Muse spelled as M-U-Z-E on Instagram. From 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting their Poets Playground We Play Dirty Open Mic via Instagram Live at Poets underscore Playground underscore. Again, that's at Poets underscore Playground underscore. On Wednesday, February 24th, from 6 p.m. Amsterdam time, Word Up Amsterdam will be hosting their weekly Inspiration Factory writing workshop by Janice. You can find out more information and register at wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops html. Again, that's wordupamsterdam.weebly.com forward slash workshops html. From 8 p.m. Beirut time, Saiwo Beirut, in collaboration with Oxford Arab Society, will be hosting their monthly poetry night. You can find out more information at Sidewalk underscore Beirut on Instagram or Sidewalk Beirut on Facebook. Again, that's either at Sidewalk underscore Beirut on Instagram or Sidewalk Beirut on Facebook. From 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Beyond Baroque Literary Arts, will be hosting their weekly poetry workshop with Beth Lucio. You can find out more information at beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore workshops.html. Again, that's beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore workshops.html. On Thursday, February 25th, from 9 p.m. Paris time, Paris Lit Up, will be hosting their weekly open mic. You can find out more information at parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. Again, that's parislitup.com forward slash open hyphen mic. From 6.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Hudson Valley Writer Center will be hosting the last of its six session, Finding Your Poetic Voice with Amy Homan. You can find out more information at writercenter.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's writercenter.org forward slash calendar. From 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Los Angeles Poets Society will be hosting their monthly One Mic, One Globe with Alex Petunia. You can find out more information at The Poetic Petunia on Instagram. Again, that's at The Poetic Petunia on Instagram. Petunia is spelled P-E-T-U-N-I-A. On Friday, February 26th, from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. British time, 
Poetry LGBT will be hosting their Speak Your Truth writing workshop. You can find out more information and register on Instagram at survivor.andrina.lian. Again, that's at survivor.andrina.lian. Andrina is spelled A-N-D-R-E-E-N-A. Lian is spelled L-E-E-A-N-N-A. From 7 p.m. West African time, Graciano Anwarum will be hosting his Corona versus Open Mic via Instagram Live at Graciano and Worm. That's G-R-A-C-I-A-N-O-E-N-W-E-R-E-M. Again, that's G-R-A-C-I-A-N-O-E-N-W-E-R-E-M. From 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Lost City Books will be hosting their DC Poetry Collective reading featuring Dana Giddings, Julie Maurer, Elizabeth Black, and Rebecca Wiener. You can find out more information and register at lostcitybookstore.com forward slash events. Again, that's lostcitybookstore.com forward slash events. On Saturday, February 27th, from 12 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Poetry Passport will be hosting their Writer's Workshop with a theme of Too Much. You can find out more information at the Poetry Passport on Instagram. Again, that's at the Poetry Passport on Instagram. From 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Root Slam will be hosting their virtual writing workshop this week for Black writers 18 and up only. You can find out more information and register at rootslam.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's at rootslam.org forward slash calendar. From 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, City of Asylum will be hosting their Between Poetry and Performance, Animating Poetry with Remy Davison. You can find out more information at cityofasylum.org. Again, that's at cityofasylum.org. From 9 to 11 p.m. Morocco time, Moroccan poets will be hosting their weekly open mic via Instagram Live at Moroccan Poets. Again, that's at Moroccan Poets. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Arizona time, the Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing and Arizona Humanities will be kicking off the NEA Big Re Phoenix series of events with Evening Song featuring our past poet guest Laura Tohi, Lucy Tapahonzo, Amanda R. Tashin, and Jake Skeets. You can find out more information and register at piper.asu.edu forward slash NEA hyphen big hyphen read. Again, that's at piper.asu.edu forward slash NEA hyphen big hyphen read. On Sunday, February 28th, from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Claremont Library will be hosting their fourth Sunday's poetry reading featuring Jennifer K. Sweeney and Diana Marie Delgado. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash A52614 
795-310-024. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 852-614-795-310-024. From 3 to 4 p.m. Alaska Standard Time. The Alaska Quarterly Review will be hosting their Pièce de Résistance benefit reading, this time featuring Chris Martin, Bonnie Nostam, and Maxine Scatz. You can find out more information at aqreview.org forward slash events. Again, that's at aqreview.org forward slash events. From 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Beirut time, Sidewalk Beirut will be hosting a two-hour poetry workshop with Anna Turner on God and the Divine. You can find out more information at sidewalk underscore Beirut on Instagram or sidewalk Beirut on Facebook. Again, that's either at sidewalk underscore Beirut on Instagram or on sidewalk Beirut on Facebook. From 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Pure Ink Poetry with our past poet guest Brandon Williamson will be hosting their monthly video slam. You can find out more information at pureinkpoetry.com. Again, that's at pureinkpoetry.com. From 2.45 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mark Fishbein will be hosting his ShareFile Virtual Poetry Journal, and you can find out more information and register at rb.gy forward slash n 30 QRH. Again, that's rb.gy forward slash n30qrh. 30 is the number 30. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Suchita. Hi, Suchita. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hi. It's, it's my pleasure, absolutely pleasure to be here and yes. thanks for inviting me of course happy to have you on please tell us a little bit about yourself i moved to arizona yeah i think 2017 i moved okay. here because i wanted to go to asu mm-hmm. and i kind of have been writing i'm a computer science student but i love writing so that has always been it's been a part of my life okay. since a very long time call it coincidence but i bumped into suzanne i bumped into arizona masters of poetry okay. and then that's how i met you and right. i just kept meeting people who right. like poetry and here we are yeah i like connecting with people who like to write who like to express themselves because i think poetry really speaks to the other person more than if you just have a basic conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think you can know a lot about the other person if you read their poetry yeah, 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 it really condenses. Yeah, things. because sometimes you write about some dark events of your life, mm-hmm. which is really difficult to express, but poetry gives you that channel to yeah. put it out there. Like I never really tell my parents how grateful I am to have them, but then when it comes to writing, I can express it much better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And since you said you started writing pretty young, do you remember how old you started writing? I remember I used to write in journals and stuff since I guess I was 15, 16, but that was like high school stuff. Then one of my friends, he came over to my place, we used to study together, and Mm -hmm. he just saw a piece of paper lying and I had written a poem about stars, I think, in 
that. Mm-hmm. And he really liked it and he gave me a little nudge to start writing my blog and okay. take it to a public platform. Yeah. So I kind of owe it to him, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say. So that's how I started writing. And I guess I published my first blog post in 2015, end of 2015. Okay. So it's been four or five years. Really? Yeah. And you have been writing poetry since, it sounds like before you were 15, before you were even doing your journaling. Yeah, I used to write poetry, but they were mostly like, um, so for me, poetry was a very different version then than it is now. Like, I used to think every poem rhymes, Mm. every poem has a rhythm, like, it needs to have a proper structure. It was more about what words I'm using than about expressing myself. Eventually, you end up realizing when you get more comfortable, it's not so much about the words than the feeling that goes into. Right. writing the poem, what you're trying to express and it really speaks to the other person more than you know yeah. you do, that's <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff yeah, exactly, yeah. I find that central to poetry, as you said, is the feeling and once you get the feeling out, I always tell people who are aspiring writers to write first and then edit later because you can always edit the form as long as you put down what you write and sometimes worrying about the form can keep the flow from going yeah, I used to stuff about fairies and unicorns. I still write about fairies and unicorns, but right. in a yeah. much better way, I'd say. <laughs> like, I can express better. But yeah, I have always loved writing, be it essays for high school. And I used to be a student reporter for um, okay. uh, my high school newspaper. Okay. I used to love, whenever it used to come to report writing or essay writing or letter writing, mm-hmm. that was my favorite part about it. Right. the writing section <laughs> uh, and the subject. Otherwise, I didn't really bother writing the questions and answers section. It was just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I spent a lot of effort and time in writing the essays and knowing what the other person wants. Mm-hmm. It used to be fun and mm-hmm. putting down your thoughts on a piece of paper. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Did you do a minor in no, um, writing journalism? No, I have always, I don't know why, for some reason I always wanted to be a software engineer. So I never thought of English or literature as a study. So I never pursued it from an education point of view. It has always been a hobby, which later went into a passion. Mm -hmm. You know, how you write stuff in your journal, and sometimes you might write something which you think, Hey, that's pretty good. I should share it with someone. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And that's how I started writing blogs. My blogs are basically about, there will be sometimes really short stories or mm-hmm. there will be stuff like, when somebody asks you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And mm-hmm. you write about that. And sometimes I write poetry. Mm-hmm. I also like writing emails mm-hmm. a lot. I know that that is like a very old way of communicating. But I still write emails to my friends, to my family sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because post is too slow, to be very honest. <laughs> so I just go with emails. Right, emails, right. Yeah, so I like communicating my feelings while I'm with. Okay. So you, you write more electronic letters. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because when we think of emails, we usually do think of them more like a professional tool yeah. than anything. Yeah, really interesting. You answered that the person who encouraged you to write a blog post, mm-hmm. the blog you started four years ago, saw you writing basically your poem, and he was a study study, uh, study yeah. partner. Yeah. Is he the person? No, in? he's no, he's not the same person in the 
phone that we have only discussed. Okay. That's a different person. Okay. So I have four really special friends in my life. We have been together since high school. Okay. We are still in contact on a daily basis. So oh, wow. uh, yes, I just got lucky. Um, yeah, it's nice to find people who share the same level of crazy as you. Definitely, definitely. So, so it's always nice to find someone. Hey, you're as weird as me. Let's be friends. <laughs> so that's what happened with us. So I have written poems about each one of them. I have a poem dedicated to each one of them. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's like a series. Yeah, it's like a series. <laughs> so yeah, I could have my own series called Friends. Yeah. Which is these four forms in it. It's very nice. Yeah. We really show the depth of feeling you have for them. But let's not talk in, <laughs> in just theory. Let's let the audience hear this, which is called Minion. So if you don't mind reading it for us, and then we can talk about it. Yes, sure. Every time I watch Phil and Sarah Kay go up on stage and perform an origin story, my heart is all given. Maybe because it sounds a bit too familiar, I have a story that's way too similar. Mine started when the universe conspired for me to bump into this boy who grew up in the same city and shared the same initial as mine, who worshipped Harry Potter as if it was something divine. Days then turned to months, which then turned to years, and we lost track of times. When the Harry Potter stories switched to Friends and Dexter and Sherlock, to something more serious like having an apartment with a room for dogs and books and drums. Even though neither of us has a clue what exactly the drumsticks are supposed to be. My best friend once asked me, are you guys dating? To which I replied, even though this person is everything I look for in a partner, we are not dating. For we are much more than relationship goals and couple goals, and I'll tell you why. Because we are rare, we connect over phone calls that last for hours without the other person being bored, over voiceovers and memes, over our mutual love for coffee and our mutual hate for human beings. We are as antisocial as they get, yet social enough for the two of us. He has listened to me cry over an empty tub of ice cream at the last slice of cake. I am his go-to person when he's out of conversations in the middle of a day. I don't really believe in he's the one, yet somehow I know that he's the only one who would answer my phone call at odd times of the day, who'd be my wake-up call, who I'd happily juggle the time difference for, who'd probably laugh when I fall, who will always have a piece of my heart, even though I'm not sure about all these things. Who I'm certain about in my uncertainties, who is the kind of adorable I like, who knows that boyfriends and girlfriends come and go, but what we have is for life. <laughs> Audience, as you can hear, this is what I was referring to the depth of emotion, the depth of feeling that you have for your friend, and really shows through your piece, mm -hmm. Minion. I have some specific questions for you about it. Is this actually called Minion or our origin story? It's called an or our origin story, but I save it as Minion because that's what I call him sometimes. Oh. So four friends, none of them listed under their own names. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I saved the file under that. The poem is called Our Origin Story because it kind of talks about how it all started. Right, right. Yeah. If you don't mind enlightening me a bit about this Phil K, Sarah K, and origin story that you mentioned in the 
first stanza. Yes, so Film and Sarati, as a part of Project Voice, they have done a piece uh, which is called an origin story. Mm-hmm. And the first time I came across it, I knew that this was us, the Indian engine. Mm-hmm. Because they also talk about, because they shared similar last name, they kind of look vaguely similar, so it's either, hey, are you guys siblings? Hey, are you guys dating? Mm-hmm. Something that mm-hmm. always gets asked. And they wrote a poem about it that mm-hmm. it's it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are not dating and we are not siblings. But they went way back. They bumped into each other in, I guess, high school or something. But they mm-hmm. connected during their first portrait in college, mm-hmm. I think. And, and then they talk about how rare it is to find someone who shares the same last name and stuff like how they have always been there for each other mm-hmm. and how funny it is to have this relationship. It's kind of like Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, to be mm-hmm. honest, so that the similar feeling. Mm-hmm. So they talk about friendship a lot. They talk about how rare it is to find a friend who is so close that you can date, but you don't really want to. Mm-hmm. That's what they're talking about in that piece. Um, I have watched it so many times. I lost count. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's a great piece. Everybody should watch it if they have not mm-hmm. yet. It's called An Origin Story by Hilary Anxiety. It's a part of Project Voice. Okay. And the way they have performed is, is extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go look it up then. <laughs> yeah. It's on YouTube, I think. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I'll go look that up. I also wanted to find out what you meant by there's something where you're talking about who'd probably laugh when I fall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was based on a very silly thing. So I think we had gone out to eat ice cream or something. Me and him and one of my other friends. And when I'm sitting on a chair, I like pushing the chair back and just, you know, oh, kind of like yeah. where you know you can fall if you go way back, but then you also know that how to maintain that balance. Mm-hmm. And they started laughing at me saying that if you fall, you know, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to laugh at you. And I was like, that's just really mean. But they were like, yeah, that's how it is. So it's in a very literal sense it's not metaphorical or anything mm-hmm. metaphorically he'd catch me if i fall mm-hmm. but no not literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah yeah i was wondering about that because everything else has both metaphorical and literal senses yeah. so i wasn't sure where that was going and also you had said the two lines after who will always be a piece of my heart even though i'm not sure about always anymore do you mind if i ask you what that means Yes, so I think the words like always, forever, even I love you, they are so overused these days, people don't really think, oh, we'll always be friends, or we are best friends forever, but they don't really give it a thought, and mm-hmm. given the kind of person that I am, I choose my words very carefully, mm-hmm. I mean, I like choosing my words very carefully, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say I love you unless I mean it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'll be there with you always. Mm-hmm. Unless I need it. Mm-hmm. But then there have been several incidents in my life where I met some people and it didn't work out. We were supposed to be together, but yeah. it, it didn't work out. And some things happen. Sometimes you meet the wrong kind of people. Yeah. And you kind of lose faith in other people's words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's more like just because you're honest mm-hmm. doesn't mean the whole world is honest. Right. That's where it came from, that you will always have a piece of my heart, but I'm not sure about the word always anymore in my life. 
Yeah. But the thing is, right now we are not dating, and sometimes I have seen relationships fall apart. And the thing that keeps on, the thought that keeps bugging me is, in case this were true, if we were dating. Mm-hmm. And if our relationship falls apart, not only do I lose a partner, I also lose a best friend, which right. is kind of scary. Right. Because people say it's you can be friends, but I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't say I don't think so, but I have seen so many people drifting their separate ways after their relationship falls apart. And people who were so serious that they considered marrying each other and some things just don't work out and not having him in my life is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So uh, waking up one day and just realizing that there's no us now is mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that way that people who look for love are best course. They want a best friend, right? A lot of people, obviously, it differs from person to person. Yeah. But a lot of people, when they imagine the perfect love, a friendship is the basis yes. of a good yes. friendship. Yes, so who knows? I mean, I never really thought about it this way, but yeah, I don't think so it would ever end up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. At least for now, I don't think that's the case. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, the risk factor is definitely yeah. understandable because when you're dating somebody, it's it's, it's like not the it's, same. It's not the same, but friendship, we are so open with each other. Um, I can literally talk to him about anything. And um, I have seen, I mean, it's easier said than done, or maybe because I've never been in a relationship, I don't have anything to compare to. Mm-hmm. But um, I have seen friends who are in a relationship and my siblings, um, they are not, sometimes I feel I'm more open with my friends than they are to their partner, mm-hmm. is what I have seen. Right. But um, do you feel like that's the nature of, of a relationship? Well, the nature of their relationship to other people, do you find that their their relationship with their friends are closer than their relationship with their partners, romantic partners? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do that uh, they are closer to their friends as compared to their, I don't know why, or maybe I just met very few people and all of them turned out to be the same, maybe that's the case. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sometimes I feel, I uh, like it uh, when, you know, like, like there are tiny things about, um, friends that annoy you but you still love each other, right? Mm -hmm. In a relationship, these tiny things end up in huge fights, is what I mean. Well, well, if it becomes a cohabitating romantic relationship, then you see each other a lot more. So the interaction is so much more intimate in many ways. Yeah. And so what bothers you about a friend Maybe something that you can leave behind for a while. Yeah. Because you don't look. But with a relationship, it's like in your face. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Kind of like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But like I've said, he's he's like, he has set a bar. I have three guy friends and they have set a bar. And if the partner that I'm looking for doesn't think that standard, I don't think we'd ever work out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, yeah, they are just really close to my heart. Great. I think it's wonderful to set good standards, especially in a relationship, because that's, you know, like I said, it's so intimate, it's so 
so interweave into your personal life yeah. that you want to have a high bar. You want yes. to be able to trust that person. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, unfortunately, my <laughs> experience, as you saw in my poem, was completely opposite. opposite. <laughs> I, I am still looking for that particular kind of friendship where you know you can have that that incredible amount of trust and also closeness and still the trust. Yes. So. Um, so I'm going to read that, uh, and, uh, and then we can talk about it. And it's called Reflections on a Recently Departed Past. I fell on a cactus not so long ago, and for a while, a stigmata appeared on my hand. In my naivete, I have wondered for what cause would I be sacrificed? And soon enough, an answer manifested. The pain seemed unendurable, and the world that shone brightly in my innocence inverted to an unrecognizable abyss through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends. And the dizzying spinning did not stop, though I howled my dolorous pleads in a Sorry, let's start again. Though through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends, and the dizzying spinning did not stop, though I howled my Dolores pleads in a 360, under the misguided laughable belief they'd stop if only they knew they were causing me misery. Ah, those were the days when I still believed that barbarity lived far from me. The duality of surface and interior dealt harsh lessons on a heart, desperate to keep faith with a horde unfaithful, wanting to entrust a treasure to marauding bandits dressed in politics, foolishly invested in the axiom that there's honor amongst thieves. That is such a beautiful piece. Thank you. Um, yeah, it has so many layers to it that can't need to read it twice or thrice to read it, which is, at least I had to read it a couple of times before mm -hmm. I could uh, understand where it's going. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really beautiful. And I, I did have certain questions about this poem. Mm -hmm. um, so the way I see it, I think you have, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I interpreted your poem. Is it about you growing up? Um, kind of. Not physically growing up. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. More definitely a loss of innocence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like how, how when we are kids, we are so not not kids. Like there's this, a certain point in life in which you are really innocent and you you trust that you know this world is a fairy land and somewhere mm -hmm. that, that goes away. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt that you're talking about um, about that in this poem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, did you mean the first line of the poem itself is so captivating. I fell on a cactus not so long ago. 
So I, uh, the way I interpreted it is maybe a little towards putting something literally towards them. Um, yeah, I did literally fall on cactus. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't a little girl. <laughs> I wish I had that as an excuse, but um, <laughs> we were we were in a desert park, uh, and I just I was going downhill, and I'm not. Uh, it wasn't a real path, um, but it was. You know, it was one of those paths that's worn because people have taken it. Mm -hmm. So when I went down, I actually fell on my butt, and literally my palm went on a cactus. Cactus. It was painful. It was really painful. Actually, I, if I remember correctly, it was a little bit less painful than I thought it would be. And fortunately, the thorns didn't break. It just, it just kind of stopped. Oh. Yeah, it, it was kind of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope you didn't have an emergency. Room. Fortunately, no, no, just palm bleeding. It was yeah. just interesting. Um, I, I was just saying to the other yesterday, actually, saying mm -hmm. uh, to someone that my poems, when I write them, it's usually some a line that comes to me, and then I write, and I don't know where I'm gonna end up. <laughs> and so when I wrote the first stanza or even the first line. I really didn't know that this is where I was going to go with that particular poem. Oh, that happens with me as well. I just start writing something, mm -hmm. and and I don't know how I'm going to end it. Right. Uh, or sometimes I don't know where to stop. Like, I'll keep talking about a particular topic mm -hmm. and, or the thing that I'm writing about. And it's kind of difficult when it comes to a poem to know where to stop, mm -hmm. like the end point. Sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it comes naturally. Yeah, I, I found myself sometimes I've, I would write something long, and then later on I would realize when I go back to it, I realize, okay, I've completely switched topics, and it's actually two different poems, that it just kind of <laughs> one fell into another, so then I cut them and make them into two different poems. Yeah. yeah. That happens. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me asking, um, uh, there, is, there are these nights, the pain seemed unendurable, and the world that shone brightly in my innocence inverted to an unrecognizable abyss is what I believe really lost innocence. Yeah. Well, but, uh, then you have talked about through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends. Do, do you mind talking a little bit about that? No, I don't. Thank you for <laughs> asking. Um, it. Well, I didn't, I didn't, you know, there's some em embellishment in this particular poem. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not true to facts, okay. specifically, um, except for the pain. I felt <laughs> it was, the pain was incredibly unendurable. It was, mm -hmm. uh, like, much worse than the cap, having a thorn of mm -hmm. cactus in your palm. Um, and it lasted a long time and I've been using poetry over the last year and a half as sort of a therapeutic tool mm -hmm. um, and it's helped me to express things as you said in the beginning of the podcast things that I might not be able to express otherwise and it was a betrayal um, something that um, something had happened to me and I thought these people I thought were my friends 
will back me up if they even actually appear as if they would back me up, but then they didn't. And they back back the other person and 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 they lied in order to uh, oh. do that. Um, and they ostracized me in order to do that. So um, so it was a really painful experience because they themselves had recognized the action of the other person was wrong. And even before it happened to me, they had talked about how he's done something like that before. And, and so for them to go to the lengths that they did in order to protect him for reasons that I still don't understand and no one explained. Um, so I, I felt incredible pain of betrayal, of, of hurt uh, because of that. So it wasn't, it wasn't totally out of naivety that I believed that. It was more they were signaling. I just didn't know them as well as I thought I did. Um, and I would say that that, that is what my, I meant by my naivety. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I was talking about in my poem about how I don't believe them always. Right, so yeah. It's kind of similar, which is why I could connect a little bit to this this stanza mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah. you, you sometimes kind of meet people and you start losing faith in certain Mm -hmm. you you kind of start watching your steps the next time uh, and and it's kind of sad in a way because um, who knows the other person might actually be a good person but you are watching your steps and you have raised that created that wall around you so yeah. as to not get hurt yeah I mean we are socialized by our interaction yeah right so every time and though it's unfair to innocent people who have not come into our lives yet at that point, the fact is every time we are hurt, we close ourselves off a little bit. And, you know, we still want the connection, but it becomes a little bit more difficult to have the connection sometimes. It's, it's not fair for ourselves as well as other people we haven't met yet. At the same time, this is what happens, right? I mean... <laughs> I, I want to bring a very egregious example, which is the fact that the, the shoe bomber on the plane is the reason that we all take off our shoes and our belts and all these things, Yeah. you know, even though there were other preventative measures before. But just because of this one person who fortunately did not succeed, but obviously he tried. And that is very problematic for our society that, you know, some a few bad apples really cause us to sort of dismiss the whole bushel, you know, from both a prejudice point of view as well as from a, a you know, how do we protect ourselves and still let the right people through? It's very difficult. It, it is, it is. I totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could really, I, I really like the second paragraph a lot where you, you kind of talk about how things changed mm -hmm. and it worked for you and, and, and it's written so well um, mm -hmm. I don't think I could have done it <laughs> um, about the last paragraph there is a lot of um, antithesis going on in there mm -hmm. uh, so yeah uh, do, you, do you mind talking a little bit about the last paragraph what you want to 
fun way through the last five years because that's that's kind of where I lost you a little bit, mm-hmm. especially in the last line. Foolishly invested in the action that there's honor amongst thieves. Uh, yeah, I actually think about that line myself sometimes because, you know, it kind of makes you think that we're all thieves, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something akin to thieves. But, you know, the idea that even if we're imperfect, that there is an honor code, basically. Yeah. But there was, uh, the second stanza sort of shows that there was a violation of that honor code. So basically is that I believed in certain honor codes and I felt that they believe in the same honor code, partly because they kept saying this is wrong. So, so you know, their actions and their words were completely opposite each other. So it gives you this kind of, um, I forget the term, um, where your mind is thinking, oh, okay, they believe in something. If you you know, if somebody says, I'm going to do A. And does B. Yeah. <laughs> or even Z. Yeah. <laughs> then, then there's a, there's something, there's something in your mind you're, where you're just like, what? You, you're sort of, you know, completely, you just, it, it, it's a shock, you know? Yeah. And it takes some time to get over. over the shock and get through the shock and through the pain of the shock. And, and so, and I had thought, you know, because they were so, they had started out saying or quote unquote pretending to be so supportive that they would actually continue to be supportive, whereas I don't even know now when they started already to undermine yeah. what I was trying to do. So, um, <laughs> sorry, we made, it makes it. The more difficult to talk yeah, about. Yeah, talk about it. I can imagine, which is why I, um, yeah, I I usually don't write about. Uh, usually, when I start writing about things that are difficult to talk about, I end up trying in like a stanza or two. Yeah, and it's really difficult to go through the entire poem. Um, so I tend to like about happy things or things that make me mm-hmm. happier because. That's that's how I have always seen writing to be. Mm. You know, uh, it's it's like an escape, I would say, oh, okay. from the other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're having a bad day. It's too stressful. Mm-hmm. Go write a poem. Go write something in your journal. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. There, I feel like there is that aspect for me, but for me, it is going through it. Um, more poetry or writing helps me to think through things. Um, at the same time, it does help me to escape because the, the process of writing focuses my mind on the process of writing. Yeah. So that I'm, my mind is less focused on feeling the pain. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, and I, I was, again, describing this to people. I've done this before where I basically said my poetry is like emotional throw up. <laughs> you know, hopefully people don't look at it that way, but no, it, no, feels, no. it feels that visceral um, yeah. to me. And I've written happy, I've written happy poems, so they're in the main part. Um, uh, yeah, the one, the first time I really liked your poetry was 
was the same time we met for the first time mm -hmm. at, at the study room. And I think they had given us a bunch of words and mm -hmm. we were supposed to pick five and tried something and we picked all of them and tried something. <laughs> and I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first time I realized I can write to Tom. Oh. Yeah, I or, or maybe like second, third, but yeah, it's yeah. only been since over the last 12 months that I realized I can write to prompt. Yeah. They're not always, the quality of the results are not always the same, but like I was surprised and happily surprised by that ability and like, it's awesome. <laughs> because now I'm really busy. I'll, so I don't always have the time to write. So when I do go to a workshop or something where we have to write to prompt, it's great. Yeah. It just forces me to kind of Oh, right, right. Yeah, I still haven't hit that point yet. I am so bad at writing at prompts. Like, maybe if it might happen that you give me a prompt to which I have a similar story or an incident to share, mm -hmm. and I can write about it. Right. If you give me a prompt which I've never experienced or which I can't think anything about, it's it's kind of I'm still not there yet. I think I I right. have tried really well on prompts. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, every every writer has their own process, you know. Sometimes, I always thought I would be the kind of person that if you give me a prompt, I would write later. I'll think about it, I'll write later. I mean, there is still the delay reaction. I can do, there's a thing called improvised uh, poetry, poetry orchestra, usually the first Tuesday of every month at Film Bar where you're literally writing while there's a bunch of musicians around you and as you're writing, as they're seeing your words projected on the screen, they play music. Oh. I am not, um, so far, well, I've only done it once, but I haven't been able to be able to write progeny mm -hmm. through that process. That, to me, is like really impressive. There was somebody who did that. I don't know if it was already something written that he's just re remembering. But that's like improvising like that is more difficult. Prompts are kind of easier. easier. Yeah. So, so again, I feel like it's just different for each poet, and the process is different. Um, and it's kind of fun going through all these events and looking yes. at all the criteria to see where you are better than others, and where, and then you can figure out where. In which area you want to improve yourself or try harder or which one areas you kind of want to just stick with and work yeah with. i i the best part about coming to the states for me was uh connecting to ports mm -hmm. because in india i used to write when i was back in india but uh i didn't know or i didn't connect with so many um artists and writers and poets mm -hmm. Because India has an amazing it like does, it does. history. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it's just that I never thought I could do this. The mm -hmm. first time the first time I performed was also so spontaneous. I I mean I I always wanted to do it, but I never thought that um, okay, I'd actually go and do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. When 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 you see a YouTube video you think that, oh I wanna do this too. Mm -hmm. But then you're not really sure if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So I was kind of at that stage. 
while I was in India. And when I came here, and I, I just thought, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> right, right. I mean, you're already in this new experience, right? Yeah. In school and everything. So why not just add another new experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the worst? I mean, you know. So, mm. so yeah, I, I really like. I would never regret my decision of coming to the States because it made me step out of my comfort zone so much that mm -hmm. I believe I grew as a person mm -hmm. in the last one year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this this is a really beautiful piece and thank you. Honestly I had to read it like three times to <laughs> to finally figure out if I'm on the right track. But I'm glad to know that I did get it correct. Yeah, you did, you did, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, I, I, it's definitely me being, you know, like, I want to talk about my pain, but I always want to sound pretty. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's difficult writing about pain because um, I've come across so many pieces which are, it has become uh, monotonous. So this mm -hmm. is very new because uh, these days there are, I don't know what's wrong with this world, but so many posts about heartbreaks and mm -hmm. relationships going south and we write about it and it's like you read the first two lines and you kind of know where the poem is going. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the case with that, this poem, which is what I like so much that it's, you, you need to read it till the end to understand what mm -hmm. the poet is trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thank so. You. Yeah, that's probably because I had no idea where I was going with this <laughs> when I started writing. You know, that's always like, the best best way to go about writing. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why I like, um, you know, it's really like going on a journey with somebody. Yeah, you, 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 you just take off, you don't know where yeah. you're going. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the best kind of writing. Yeah. When I start writing a blog, that's usually the I don't know what I'm going to write about. I just start ranting about something and mm -hmm. maybe later decide that, okay, fine, maybe I can mold it into a story or maybe it could be just a prose but with a little more structure and less of chaos in it. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so that's how it goes most of the times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's much better to do it that way because you get down the essence of how you're feeling. Yeah. And no matter, even though words are very, you know, they're very concrete, they're very esoteric in many, many ways, it's income paper or even electronic income mm -hmm. paper, the feelings come across. Yeah. And if you and don't get the feeling down first, you worry about the form first, then you lose it. Which is why I like letters so much, mm -hmm. like read postcards or handwritten letters because, you know, you when you're writing letters, you don't really care about what you're writing because obviously I write letters for people who are very close to my heart. So mm -hmm. it's like sometimes when you're in a rush to say something and the scribble kind of tells you, the way it's written kind of tells you what the other person is feeling. And mm -hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you said you don't you don't really write letters. letters no, I because these days, like my friends are back in India and mm. I'm here, so and USPS lost a couple of my postcards. I did try yeah. that, but they lost it. Yes. So um, so right these days I write emails, but I do make it a point when I go home or when I visit them. They, 
I do give them a hundred things like this before mm -hmm. the class. So, so yeah, nice. that's 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 something. It's it's more like a ritual these days now. Mm -hmm. That you know, this, this has to be there. I love birthday emails. Everybody should get a letter on their birthday. I think <laughs> it's 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 mandatory. I think you should you know even if it's like you know. Sure, you can say something nice and something mm -hmm. You can find something nice to say mm -hmm. So maybe that's that's probably because that's just the way I'm wired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think um, I like what you said about you know being able to or knowing someone so well that you're able to tell by the way their right handwriting is changing through the letter, their emotions. Yeah, and that is an aspect that that we lost because we don't use it anymore and we don't think about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But can I ask you, when you said, so, you know, coming to the States, you were able to, you know, you did these things, you kind of made yourself grow by having these new experiences. Since then, have you, when you've gone back to India, first of all, where in India? I am no, I don't. Uh, I'm I don't know if you're familiar. I'm from Gujarat. It's uh, okay. It's on the west side. Okay, I've heard of it. I've been to India, but not. Oh, you not have that one. Where, where did you? Uh, um, I'm guessing Mumbai. Definitely Mumbai, <laughs> but we. Uh, I've been to several parts of India. Okay, actually. Okay. So, um, I'm. I'll tell you off one. <laughs> I am because um, so. Going back to my question a little bit, yeah. uh, just when you've gone home, now that you've had this experience where you're going to open mic, have you gone to an open mic in Gujarat? In, in Gujarat, no, because uh, when I went, it was a very short break, and ah, they okay. didn't have an event. Okay. Um, and where I'm from, they are still, uh, if you go to Bangalore and cities like that, mm -hmm. they have open mics very Right. But the place where I live, it doesn't have uh, open mics as frequent as other cities. Like mm -hmm. Mumbai might have open mics, but Bangalore might have open mics. But where I'm from, I, at least I didn't come across anything. Right. Yeah, but um, but yeah, open mics is such a great uh, feeling. It uh, I'm so glad I did that because. It, it has so many layers to it and so many stories I could write about it. For instance, when I send my videos to my parents and um, my mom tells me that my parents don't understand English, uh, so they don't understand what I'm performing. Mm -hmm. uh, what do they speak? Uh, they, they talk in Marathi, that's our native language. Sorry, um, can you say that again? It's, it's Marathi. Marathi. So okay. I'm a Maharashtrian. Uh, mm -hmm. I was born in Maharashtra but brought up in Gujarat. Okay. So, um, so they are they communicate in that language and um, they also know the native Hindi language obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but Hindi is more than national. Yeah. Right, but yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's like most people in India you expect that Hindi. Right. So um, but yet my mom tells me that dad watched the video like five times and ten times and I'm like I don't know what he understood from that. <laughs> he just likes to see me go up and perform, and he's just um, so proud about it that I'm doing all these things. So, so nice. they so, sound like really great and supportive parents. They are. They 
are. They are very supportive. If because the first, my dad actually, I have, I mean it in the nicest way possible, but I have been a very pampered and a spoiled daughter. <laughs> so, so when I was coming here, my dad was really paranoid how I'm going to manage because 23 years of my life, he was there, and it's it's more like my dad had this feeling that uh, if anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. he'd be there right, to right. take care of it. Now that I'm here, it's scary for him as well that, right. uh, you know, if something goes wrong, he can guide me, sure, that, mm-hmm. you know, you can do this or you can do that, but that's about it. I have to take care of myself. Right. So it's it was kind of scary for both of us. It was really mm-hmm. very strange. Yeah. My mom was really supportive about it. She wanted me to, you know, go places and do everything I've always wanted to do in my life. And yeah, but my dad still worries. Like, I wouldn't call him. Like, if if I am thirty minutes later calling, he would get all desperate. Like, why haven't you called? <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's my dad for you guys. No, I I think I, it's great and. It's also wonderful that they did they did let you go. I mean, yeah. even though obviously they're worried and, and you know, as parents, I, I can understand why they would worry, obviously. Um, at the same time, even if you were there, if you had stayed, no matter what, he can't possibly do everything for you. Right? Yeah, exactly. I would, I would probably, if, if, even if I was in India, I'd probably go to some other city for work and right. stuff like that. Yeah. So, after a certain point, it was just the fact knowing that I'm in another country was scarier for them, I think. Because in India, we can still visit on weekends and mm. stuff. And, you know, maybe I could take... It's such a huge country. Yeah, but still, you can plan visits like every three months or every mm. two months. Sure. Uh, sure. That's that's possible. You can take a day off work and, you know, plan a three-day trip. But that's not possible when you're here because it takes what thirty-six hours to reach there. Yeah, when I came back, my my travel time was thirty-six hours. It was so wow. exhausting. Yeah. So yeah. And so you can't really plan a three-day trip. No. Yeah. You know, it's, like, even a week is kind it's of kind short. of like short because yeah. most of the time, the first week you're jet lagged. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there's that, but yeah, I am. I as I said, I'm never gonna regret my decision of coming here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I took that step. Mm-hmm. Helped me throughout so many years. Yeah, and it's great to see you read and um, <laughs> listen to your poem, and yeah, it, it's wonderful. And and also, you know, that you brought this example of deep friendship between uh, a woman. And a man, yeah. which is you know something that people don't talk about. All yeah, they don't. Um, I don't know. It is it, 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 it might be just me or um, other people might have similar experience, experiences. But uh, so, like I said, I have had I have known these people since high school, and mm-hmm. um, so I have only one boyfriend, two. Mm-hmm. So. And the rest of my friends, three of them, they are guys. So I, I kind of always felt comfortable around uh, them. So maybe it's just me that I got along with them better than I got along with girls or something like that. Mm, I'm the but same way, actually. Well, up to more recently, 
and I think I think it's you know the, because my primary examples are, are like that, um, and so. Um, but now I'm finding it's more about what you share in common with someone. Yeah, gender is just yes. gender is just secondary. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know it it doesn't come into picture and like I said it's. Always great to meet someone who shares the same level of crazy as you do. Yes, always. Like you know, yeah. when you say, "Hey, you do that too," that's the beginning of a new friendship. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, anyway, um, I would love to, uh, you know, let the audience know where we can see you next. Um. Well, I'd be. I'm not really sure where I'd be next because, like I, like I told you before, I might be moving out of Tempe, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure where I'd be moving to. I'm kind of in the job hunting phase right, right now. So let's see where um, life takes me, okay. I guess. And, uh, but yeah, people can always find me post up on my blog. Yes, so, tell us yes, where. So where is your blog? My blog, my blog is called her beautiful pandemonium dot blogspot dot com. Blogspot. So it's it's on Blogger, but if you just Google her beautiful pandemonium, I'm pretty sure uh, it's the first link that comes up. Great, great. Yeah. And you'll send me the link so I can post yeah. it on the great podcast. Ah. <laughs> the podcast notes. I will throw that in there so yeah. people can find you. Yeah, yeah. It will be nice to view more of your things. Yes. Um, do you post regularly or? I make. I try and post one each month. Okay. Great. So that's what my attempt. Sometimes I feel. But you have school. Yeah, yeah. So so sometimes yeah, I miss a month and. Next month, I'm like, oh, I missed a month. <laughs> so, but yeah, I do try and post one each month. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, you heard it. My beautiful pandemonium, is it? Her beautiful pandemonium. Oh, her beautiful pandemonium uh, at Block Post. Yeah, Block Spot. Block Spot, yes. Yeah. Okay, I'll just put the URL yeah. on so you don't get the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. For coming on to the show and talking with me about your poems. Well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. As always, you can find us at com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.